Hello everyone, welcome back. It's good to see you again. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to these um, lessons on the book of 1 John, the book of love. And before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Sunday morning teachings by Pastor Terry. He's been teaching about the future and it's been really interesting and really exciting. And it's nice to know what the Lord has in store for us in the future. So we're going to conclude our teaching on 1 John uh, today. And it's the last part, and we're going to be talking about what First John has to say about confidence. Confidence is really important. It's nice to be confident in the Word of God and in the Lord and God's love for us. So we're going to proceed with that. So first of all, the book of First John says that we can be confident that we have eternal life. First John 5:11. First John 5:11. I'm going to be reading it. It says. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Or in other words, that you may be confident that you have eternal life. If you remember from the sessions that we've already talked about, uh, we talked about how in this book, knowing, knowing the truth, knowing what uh, God really wants and God really says is so important to avoid heresy and wrong teaching. But we see that it's also really important to know uh, God's word so that we know we have eternal life. And so we can be confident that when we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have eternal life. In First Timothy, First Timothy Chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So that pretty well includes everybody of whom I am the worst. And Paul is saying this because he knew how horrible he had been, what terrible sins he had committed, that he even went to the depths, the low low point of actually having Christians slaughtered and killed and persecuted and imprisoned. And so he knew it was the worst. So it says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example to those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. So um, that's just another example of how confident we can be that we have eternal life because Jesus Christ came and suffered and died and redeemed us. Verse 17, now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be glory and honor, honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And we can say amen to that because he is so wonderful. He's the immortal king of kings. He's the only God, and we give him glory and honor, and we thank him for this gift of eternal life. We can be so confident in it. The second thing is that we can have confidence in prayer. When we go before the Lord and we pray and ask him things according to his will, we can know without a shadow of a doubt that God is here, has heard our prayers and that he will give us what we ask. And um, 
praying within the will of God is, is one of the key things in that, and believing that we receive what he, we ask for in prayer is another key. So in uh, 1 John 5, we're, we're doing the end of the end of the book, 1 John 5, 14, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So we know we can have total and complete confidence that when we pray, when we pray according to the will of God, um, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask according to his will, we can have what we asked of him. So if we're praying, you know, God's will is for everyone on this earth to be born again. So if we pray for our loved ones, we know that the, the God will send the Holy Spirit to minister them, to draw them unto him. Now, God can't make anyone else make a decision, but he can do everything that you ask him to do to draw that person and reveal that to that person um, how wonderful he is in, in the plan of salvation. And that, that's wonderful to have that confidence when we go before the Lord. In Ephesians 3.12, in the New Living uh, uh, Version of the... Uh, New, Li New Living Version, I'm sorry. Uh, it says, 3.12, Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So we can approach God with humility, but we can also approach him boldly and confidently because of our faith in, in Jesus Christ. In Matthew 21, uh, verse 22, it says, If you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And that's such an awesome thing and it's such a good reason to pray. And we have to uh, tie that up with the other scriptures that say pray according to his will. And John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. And that's just another scripture confirming those two things. If we pray according to his word, according to his will, um, he will give us whatever we ask, and we can have such wonderful confidence in that. And the third thing is that we can be confident that we are children of God. In 1 John 5, verse 18, in the New Living Translation, it says, um, We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. So when you're born again, when Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you can have confidence that you're a child of God. And that's an awesome thing. John, uh, the, John, just the regular gospel of John, the first chapter, the 12th verse, it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but of born of God. So if we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are children of God. And that is such a comforting thing. Um, you're either a child of God or a child of the devil, and I pick, I pick God's side. The fourth thing is that we can be confident that God will give us understanding. 
There's things about God, things that about his will that we don't really comprehend or understand. We can ask and pray and know that God will give us wisdom and insight and understanding. In 1 John 5, 20, it says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may, uh, we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So we're always wanting to learn more, wanting to understand more, wanting to know more about God. And uh, God in his word says that he has come and given us understanding. And we just need to claim that and stand on that, that God will help us understand and give us wisdom. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So God's intent and purpose is to give us understanding, to shine light in our minds and our hearts about him. The fifth thing is that we can be confident that God is the true God and that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. It says in, uh, in verse 21, Verse 21, let me go back a minute. It says that we're confident that God is the true God and that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And that's kind of how it ends. And then it says, since you are confident of all these things, it says in verse 21, dear little children, keep yourselves from idols. So since we know all those these things that, that first John just talked about in the last chapter, in the last few verses, we know all these things, we're confident of all these things, and since you know all these things, dear children, keep yourself from idols. And the Greek actually says, dear little children. So John is speaking in that tender, loving, fatherly way to the churches around the uh, area of Ephesus in that time to keep yourselves from idols. We need to keep as far away from them as humanly possible. Martin Luther has said, whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is really your God. Tim Keller said, anything you look to more than Christ for a sense of acceptability, joy, significance, hope, and security is by definition your God, something you adore and serve with your whole life and heart. In, uh, in Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible, it says regarding this, uh, this verse here, the apostles concluding monition, dear little children, keep yourselves from idols. Since you know the true God and are in him, let your light and love guard you against all that is advanced in opposition to him or in competition with him. Flee from false gods of the heathen world. They are not comparable to the God whose you are and whom you serve. Adore not your God by statues and images which share in his worship. Your God is an incomprehensible spirit and is disgraced by such sordid representations. Hold no communion with your heathen neighbors in their idolatrous worship. Your God is jealous and would have you come out and be separated from among them. Mortify the flesh and be crucified to the world uh, that they may not usurp the throne of dominion in your heart, which is due only to God. 
The God whom you have known is he who made you, who redeemed you by his son, who has sent his gospel to you, who has pardoned your sins, begotten you unto himself by his spirit, and given you eternal life. Cleave to him in faith and love and constant obedience in opposition to all things that would alienate your mind and heart from God. To this living and true God be glory and dominion forever and ever. And again, that's from the Matthew Henry commentary. And I thought that that was a really good way to end the book of um, 1 John is to read that because that kind of sums up the end of the book that uh, we need to know the true God. Our life and our light needs to be in him uh, because that's in us. Love needs to emanate from us to other people and, and back to God. We need to owe our total allegiance and love and devotion to the Lord himself. And we can be confident in so many things, as I talked about today. We can be confident that we have eternal life. We can be confident in prayer. We can be confident that we are the children of God. We can be confident that God will give us wisdom and understanding. And we can be confident that he is the one and true God and that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. So I hope you learned some things about 1 John as we uh, went through it. There's really, you could you could um, just stay in the book of 1 John for a long, long time and not exhaust all that it has to say to us. So if you've never uh, read it that much or studied it that much before, I just encourage you to, you know, if you didn't listen to all these sessions, go back and listen to them. There's so much to learn and so much to benefit from from the book of 1 John. So I want to encourage you, if you have never put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to do that as soon as possible, to just come to him, repent of your sins, uh, feel sorry for the sins that you committed and that, that you haven't been walking with the Lord. Just repent of those sins and ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life and serve him and God will give you a new life. Uh, the Bible calls it being born again, being a new creation. And believe me, your life will really change. And, and you'll get a clear understanding of everything that I've been talking about today. So if you've done that, just let us know. Send us an email or a phone call, and we would love to talk to you. So um, I hope you all had a happy Mother's Day. And I hope you don't get too hot this week. It's supposed to be in the 90s all week. So um, have a good week, and we love you so much. Bye-bye.